Welcome to Word from the Herd, produced and brought to you by the Kimmel Foundation for Recovering Leadership. Welcome to Word from the Herd. I'm your host, Thomas Hill, and I'm really excited because today I'm in the studio with a good friend of mine, Mike Roark. Now, Mike is the Vice President and COO of YMCA of Greater Oklahoma City. Um, He's also a dad. He's an athlete. Uh, He's one of the most positive people I know. He's an encourager. And uh, we met long, long ago when we were racing and doing triathlons and involved in, in, you know, generating sports for other people. And, and of course, that's, he can, he's continued to do that. So I'm really excited to have him. Mike, welcome. Thank you, Thomas. Happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. So, um, I always ask my guests the same question to start out with uh, every season. And this season, the question is, who was your hero uh, when you were maybe growing up? And if that's changed, uh, who is it now and and why? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, You know, it's probably not very similar uh, to many people that you do talk to. I'd say at the time, I kind of think of what I was about at that time time, early teens and sports was was what I was all about. And so it was probably the hero of the day. But the thing that I come back to from the story was uh, Tony Dorsett was a running back for the Dallas Cowboys, and he had uh, these cleats, and his signature was on them, uh, the Tony D uh, cleats, football cleats. And uh, and I had those cleats. So obviously I ran faster, right? <laughs> had, had better moves. So probably any any athlete of the day, you know, uh, was was who my hero was. I didn't I didn't have any one specific. If I kind of fast forward and and think about uh, the impact, who my hero would be today would be my mom, mm-hmm. uh, would be my mother, and and she's all through to me uh, my life. Uh, she's still living, the only living parent that I have. But uh, but really, it would be her for uh, for really just showing me how to live uh, for the relationship uh, that she has with Christ, uh, for uh, her doggedness and uh, just her influence on me and, and the ultimate encourager. So be my mom. So, so you come by the encouragement, honestly. You learn that from your mom. I, I do come by it, honestly. Uh, a funny story is just what I recall when I think about my mom being an encourager. It was usually around sports. And she was the only one that would say, no matter what age I was, you can do it, Michael. Whether I was shooting a free throw or whatever it was, I could always hear her. And, uh, you know, still today, uh, that's what she was about. She was in my corner, no matter what. That's awesome. We all need that. Well, so for as long as I've known you, um, you've been involved with organizations, predominantly with YMCA, but it seems like everything you're involved in is uh, something that provides opportunities for people to grow and to become better, uh, just a better version of themselves. Um, tell us a little bit about, I mean, obviously that's a calling on your life, so why? Why is that important to you? Maybe how did you, how did you get sure. there? Talk to us about that. Uh, that's a great question. Again, I, I think it's community. When I think about community, to me, that's an extension of your family, and I think family is definitely very important. Um, but really the first time I walked into a Y, I was in college and, um, it's a lot in Oklahoma. I was going to UCLA, University of Cameron, Latin America on a football scholarship. And, um, they were just very friendly and welcoming. 
and uh, it was a place where, where people were, uh, were wanting to get better, whatever it was, from a health standpoint. And, uh, and I loved that environment. And so, you know, that's, that was kind of my start uh, in the Y was when I wasn't playing football uh, or going to school, I was at the Y. Uh, and it was so encompassing from the standpoint of whatever age you were. Uh, so to me, that just kind of agreed with me. And, and I think that's uh, – I ultimately was going to be a coach because my dad was a football coach. But then when uh, I met my wife, now it's my wife of 30 years, uh, she was working for uh, the Texas Rangers, a baseball team. So I couldn't move around. And so the why was the profession that I felt like was calling me. Uh, to be in so so to me Thomas as far as uh, uplifting and it, it's it's about helping people to, to belong uh, but also to walk with them on whatever journey that is for them uh, and to pour into them and really just recognizing that we all have value and uh, and and so you know that's that's what the why is to me you know and I know this is me talking but I, I'm so uh, to me, aligned with that, that um, that we want to be there for people uh, wherever they are, and and help them to be all that they can be, all that they're meant to be, and so uh, so that's really what to me it's been about. I love community and I love people, uh, and so you find those things in those types of environments. That's incredible. So I picked up on one thing you said. Uh, you you. You very clearly said valuing people. You can say caring for people, which is yeah. one of the one of the things that that we really spend a lot of time talking about. Is as leaders, it's really uh, our duty. I believe it's a sacred duty of leadership that that we do care for our people and that we communicate to them that they're valuable, not because of what they accomplish for us or or how much money they earn our organizations or or how smart they are, although. You know, we're happy to have smart and, and capable people around us. Their value is intrinsic, right? Their value yeah. is is theirs. They can't really increase it or decrease it, and we want to make sure that 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 we support that. And I know that the why is a place where people from all walks of life and all different kinds of backgrounds with all kinds of baggage come, and you have an opportunity. You and your and your staff have an opportunity to speak into their lives. Can you think of a story that you could tell us where you just really saw someone blossom because they had because they were given that opportunity because the, you know that door got open for them? There's there's a lot of stories. Uh, so I, I think programmatically, what happens within our programs with participants, uh, what happens with our staff uh, of being with our organization for now close to twenty years, just here in Oklahoma City. Those individuals that were coming in as part-time employees, first-time jobs, 16, 17, they're becoming the leaders of our organization. So, and that's happened over and over again. Just, uh, just yesterday, uh, an individual that became, uh, he was a sports coordinator. This has probably been 15 years ago with us. Um, was in school, didn't really think it was important to get a degree, and we kind of stayed with him and uh, said, hey, this is something we think you need to do because if you have a degree, you can be a director with us. And, uh, you know, over the next six to seven years, he did get his degree and became a director for us. Now he's the director of the largest sports program that we have in Edmond. Uh, he's married. He has a child. And, and that's repeated over and over again. I think about getting to be a volunteer coach. You know, the why's given me so much from that standpoint 
like Chris McIntyre's. We talked about a good friend, mutual friend, uh, to have these opportunities to coach kids and to see them. So uh, it doesn't matter who it is. It's still the same vehicle. The why to us is a vehicle for us to put our mission into practice, to put Christian principles into practice through programs that build healthy spirit, mind, and body for all. And so we're able to live that out. So I think of a little boy named Jake that uh, didn't want to play football, tackle football, back when uh, my son was uh, probably seven years old. And his dad would come, and um, he had a uh, just an old metal chair that he would sit there and watch Jake, and Jake would cry, and I don't want to do this. And, you know, we stayed with it, and Jake got better, and Jake got better. We get to a championship game. We had a little bit of time left, and we're like, hey, Jake's on the line, but we think he can run the ball. We give him the ball, and he runs 70 yards for a touchdown. His dad went the whole distance of the field with him, carrying that metal chair. You know, it's just those moments, you know, and there's just so many stories like that. It's really just, uh, to me, getting to appreciate, add value, and celebrate uh, those accomplishments. You know, it brings us together. Uh, To me, I think, uh, as as a male, you know, uh, when we're able to accomplish something together, it bonds us, and uh, I think we, we have those opportunities. That is, that is great. So I love the concept of, of when we accomplish things together, so that's a you know, community, and, and when, we're, when we come together around a common mission, a common cause, you can use a lot of different terminology. I like mission. I think you know, people are... Uh, People resonate with being able to plug into something that's missional as opposed to just I'm going to work to do the same rote thing day after day after day. Uh, we, we say all the time here at Kimray, um, our, our company is not about building valves. That's not our mission. Our mission is to make a difference in people's lives. Now, we accomplish that by doing a darn good job of building a great valve and, and selling it to people, and that's how we generate the revenue and the opportunities. But the people who walk in the door at Kimray aren't coming in to put another valve and the, the world doesn't need another valve. They're, they're here to change people's lives, and they know that that's what they're here yeah. for. And that, that really changes things. So I, I really appreciate that. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about you a little bit. And, and you already said your mom was kind of your, uh, your hero, but tell me a story about someone else in your life who um, you know, gave you an opportunity. Maybe they mentored you or coached you, but, but they're one of the people when you look back and you say, that was a turning point in my life. Somebody opened a door for me. Um, and, and, and then you became who you are in part because of that. Tell us that story, if you sure. will. I mean, again, it, it's collective. I, I think it started with my mom, and unfortunately uh, she got uh, had a divorce from my dad when I was nine, so it started with my stepdad that came into my life, who was the football coach. Uh, and, uh, man, he was a godsend for us because, uh, again, he just he was an educated person uh, but uh, had been through the military, just didn't fear anything and really, uh, really believed in us, believed in me and all that I could do. And then I, I, I fast-forward right to high school. I could tell you Bill Patterson was my position coach. He believed in me as a linebacker, and that meant something to me. I go right to college. Uh, Roger Hughes, who was one of our uh, college coaches, same thing. And I and and these were people to me that that they loved individuals. They had intelligence, but they loved people too. But it was just knowing that someone believed in me, that I could do this, uh, was was really uh, what propelled me to to keep going. And then. 
when I came into the Y, there was a, a guy by the name of Don Hanna. He came from San Diego. He was a semi-pro football player, baseball player, and he was a VP for the Ys in Dallas when I started there. And whatever Y was at, he was always the head guy. So, you know, he supervised the executive director there. And uh, my last three years, I worked directly for him. And uh, it was just that coach mentality, Thomas. You can do this. You know, I, I believe in you. And, uh, you know, when, when I felt that to me, um, it made me believe too. And I'd be willing to, to run through a brick wall for those individuals. So to me, that's, that's what I'm about from the standpoint of uh, the people I get to work with, of, of trying to instill those same things in them. So you just said the people I get to work with. I know that, you know, people have different ways of saying things. But a lot of times the words that we use are very uh, revealing as to how we really think and feel about stuff. And when I hear somebody say, I get to, that tells me that they consider what they're, what they're doing a privilege, that they consider it an opportunity as opposed to a task or a duty. And, and so when I hear you say the people I get to work with, I know, and of course I know you, so I know this is true anyway, but even if I didn't know you very well, I would say, you know, that guy goes to work every day believing that it's a privilege that he gets to spend time and, and build into people's lives and participate in community with people. That is so critical for leadership. Um, tell me a little bit about how that, how that is for you and, and in your organization. Tell me some of the ways that, that you as a leader um, try to communicate to the people around you that, that you feel that way. Absolutely. Again, I'm going to tie it back. Uh, you know, those Christian principles that we focus on are caring, honesty, respect, and responsibility. And uh, so to me, what makes it difficult is there's got to be intentionality uh, in what you're doing. And so no matter where I am, I at least try to be intentional about that, uh, recognizing people, whether that's a member or staff or uh, what, whatever their, uh, their status is. Uh, just recognize them because, again, to me, I think that is we all want that, to, to know that we have value, uh, being authentic with people. Um, you know, uh, I think that some people think if you're in a leadership role, you've got all the answers, <laughs> right? And uh, I think that... Surprise. Surprise, surprise. That, <laughs> that's not the case. And, and I think it's, it's more about having the type of an environment uh, to, to help them to see that you don't have all the answers, but it's about uh, inviting them to be a part of that process to, to determine what the answers are. Uh, but that takes relationship uh, to me. And so, um, you know, building that relationship with those individuals is very important. And so that means you have to spend time with them uh, and you have to listen to what they're saying. And to me, that's, a, that's something that's fun to do. Because you, you know you like the same things to, to know what's happening on in their personal lives. And uh, to me, it's kind of that old uh, saying of uh, they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Right. Uh, so I think that's that's been very important. And then just try to focus on, to me, doing the next right thing. You know, that's what I love about the why and our values is that uh, I'm not smart enough from a business standpoint to say that's just, a, you know, that's just business. I just need to focus on what's right and wrong. You know, I'm not saying I get that right all the time, but I think it simplifies it. To try to do what's right by people, uh, then I, you don't really have to worry about that game. You know, what, what did I do here? What did I do there? You just always know that, hey, let's try to do what's right by people. Um, 
encourage others uh, to me is, uh, and it's and it's fun to get to do that. You know, when you see someone light up and and you see that, and and to me, it's the same feeling I have. Uh, I want I want to work with that individual. You know, I I think they say it's it's really people work for individuals. You know, we have an organization, we have a platform, we have a mission. But it's like you said, we're kind of the the engine behind it. Uh, and so I think that uh, people can see through that uh, if you're not. Uh, so and then have fun. I mean, you know, uh, our CEO, I, I love Kelly Kay. I mean, um, it doesn't mean that we get along all the time, but I, I genuinely do. We've spent hour upon hour of going through things. We coach together. We've competed together. We've done all kinds of things like that. But he, he is, uh, he's a great witness uh, to me, and he lives that out on a daily basis. He cares for others. It, it doesn't matter who they are. He cares for them. But he also likes to have fun. You know, you gotta, you gotta laugh. You gotta look for opportunity, and we love to compete. So whenever we can do something around a competition, we do it. You know, there's usually some fun that comes with that. Sometimes it's at other people's expense. Uh, you know, it's the family dynamic to me. Right. You know, you, uh, you, you, you play a part. You have a role. Uh, but at the end of the day, you don't take yourself so serious. This isn't rocket science. You know, we're not doing brain surgery. Uh, but we do get an opportunity to make an impact on people. So that's what Well, and if there are any brain surgeons listening to this podcast, they can have fun too, right? Just, Absolutely. Just Absolutely. Preferably not when they have their hands in someone's brain. We'd like them to be fairly serious in that right. moment, maybe find other, other times to, to have fun. <laughs> that's great. So you were talking about the people in your life who um, who – kind of continuously repeated to you that, that they believed that you could do it, and, and that led to you believing in yourself. Um, from, an, from an organizational leadership standpoint, obviously that's important, but it seems to me like a lot of times the way that we actually demonstrate that those words are true, because it's one thing to say, I know you can do this, mm-hmm. but in order to demonstrate that, we have to actually trust the person to do it. I do. And so talk to me a little bit about, um, in your experience as a leader, times when, when, when you've had to hand somebody something and, and look, them, look at them and say, I trust you, and then walk away knowing that you didn't know, maybe, you know? Right. Uh, that's, that's a good one. I mean, it, it, I think it happens on a weekly basis. Uh, but, I, but I think now, if I think about the team that I have, um, they've all are somewhat seasoned. And so they kind of know the pattern that we follow. But it's, it's kind of like, I think, walking with them. You know, so ultimately you're going to make this decision, but I'm going to walk with you through it. If you want to bounce something off of me, do so. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to live with that decision. And I, I think that's getting to experience some leadership things over the years, you know, uh, that's, that's a better style than just saying, this is exactly what you need to do. I mean, where's the ownership in that? Right. Right. It's really, hey, uh, I'll walk with you. I'll tell you if you if you're asking me a question, I'll help you look at it and ask the hard questions with it. But ultimately, it's got to be you uh, that makes this decision. And so and that's kind of I'm thankful built with those individuals that uh, that they feel confident in that. And again, it's to me, it's an extension of family because it's just like it's really like parenting, Uh, not to diminish, you know, from the standpoint of saying that. You know best, and they don't know best, but you get to see them grow and continue to grow and grow and grow, and then you realize, to me, the ultimate strength of your team. 
when you see them take things on and do things, uh, it's it's just a very proud moment <laughs> when you see it happening. Uh, and so uh, that'd be my answer. I had a supervisor um, when I was probably 16, 17 years old. Um, I worked in a shop at Kimray, and the, the first day um, that I came to work, my very first summer, you know, part-time job at Kimray, and they put me out in assembly. Charlie Talon walked up. He was the supervisor of assembly, walked up to me, and he said, uh, I know who you are, and I know what your name is, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> he says, in fact, you're going to have to work harder than anybody else because you owe that to your, you know, your dad and your granddad. But all the time I knew him, and, and all, certainly all the time I worked for him and then all the years that he actually worked for me, um, Charlie would, would actually say, uh, and he, and he kind of had a weird way of phrasing it. He would say, I'm, I'm proud that you did that. You know, when you accomplish something, he would say, I'm proud that you did that. He was proud of the people that, that he worked with. And, and, he, and he said it. You know, he said, that made me, that made me you, proud. You could that, feel it. That, that you accomplished that. One of the things that, that I've, I've, I've kind of noticed over the years as, as, as I've developed my own leadership style is that when you, when you give people an opportunity... And you, and you believe in them, and you think that they're capable, and they're going to grow into that, and you want them to do that. So you say, I trust you, you know, this is yours. Sometimes they'll test whether or not you really mean that, and they'll come back with the problem, you know, mm-hmm. and say, well, here's the problem. And it's in that moment, I think, that they're trying to find out if you're really going to let them solve the problem, or if at that moment you're going to step in and say, well, this is what I think you should do. And, and so, I, you know, I'm just throwing this out there for our listeners that, that I've, I've gotten really good at saying, listening to them. I listen to it, you know, I, and, I, and I'm more than happy to, you know, if, they, if they've got specific questions about details or about metrics or something like that, we can talk about those. But at the, at the end of the conversation, I just look them right in the eye and I say, I trust you and I know you're going to do this well. And then I'm done. You know, I'm not going to answer the I'm not going to solve the problem for them. And, and I think that's part of what helps them grow. I mean, I, I imagine I wasn't really into sports when I was young uh, like you, but I imagine all of those people who were your coaches and your mom, and they were telling you, I believe you can do it, but they weren't coming out on the sports field and doing it for you. No. And in leadership so often, that's what, we, that's what we see leaders do, is that at the first sign of difficulty, instead of standing on the sidelines and encouraging we get on the field and, and move the ball instead of letting them move the ball. And so that would be my encouragement to leaders is if you really do trust your people, then you have to demonstrate that by letting them make the choice. And they're going to make mistakes sometimes. What I had to finally admit to myself is I make mistakes as often as they Absolutely. do. And so if I, step, if I step in, the chances are I'm going to be wrong too. I might as well give them a chance to, to do that on, their, on theirs. So you have, it's obvious that you have a passion for strengthening community. It's obviously you have a passion for people. Um, there's, there's all kinds of things, and you've, you've done a great job of telling us about the stuff you do at the Y. I'm wondering if, if you can take what your experiences are with the Y and the things that you do there and, and help us by maybe translating those into things that you would recommend if you're not in that kind of setting. You know, If you're in an office setting or manufacturing sure. setting or some other leadership role, where you're, you know, where you're dealing with a different set of parameters, but how would you apply those same thoughts and those those same principles? Yeah, I, I to me, I think it's really easy uh, because 
you're talking about people in those organizations. So to me, those same things, when, when you think about intentionality, it doesn't matter what you're doing to me if you're working with people, being authentic, you know, trying to do what's right, uh, encouraging others, spending time with others, and having fun. To me, that would apply to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, that's, to me, that is the most important resource we have. It's our people. Yeah. I, I love that we, I, I mean, I believe that. Um, I have a problem. I've always had a problem with the word resource. <laughs> and, and sure. you know, the, the, I know human resources is a term that, but we actually banned the term human, resource at Kim, human resources at Kimry. We call that group that does the same thing that most HR groups do. <laughs> we call them people and culture. Because I'm like, humans aren't resources. True. They're, you know, they're people, we're community. But, but no, I totally get what you're saying and, and, and appreciate that. Okay, so um, didn't prep you for this question, but I ask, I ask all, my, all my leaders this question. Um, if, you could get, if you had an opportunity to stand up in front of a, a group, a you know, reasonably large group of emerging leaders, um, not so much from an age standpoint, but from a position standpoint, people that are coming into an opportunity to, to be in a, in a position of significant leadership, tell me what your advice would be for them. Don't try to know everything. Uh, so probably the most important quality is is that just being authentic. You know, if you if you're uh, so worthy of getting chosen uh, to be a leader, to be a part of that, um, realize that that's already there. That you you're not necessarily have to prove yourself in doing that, but just be your authentic self. Not trying to prove yourself, that is so important. I mean, I see that so often where, where people are just, I mean, they are yeah. literally straining to give off the vibe that they deserve to be where they are. And, and like you said, if you're in a role, somebody believes in you. Somebody believed in you to put you there. And you need to, I love that, that you keep, you, know, you told us several times that people told you they believed in you and that caused you to believe in yourself. And right. so, you know, Picking up on the fact that if you got put in that position, somebody believes in you, and you need to take that and and believe in yourself for that. So that that's huge. And you know, on the on the not trying to know everything, I think one of the things that I struggled with early on in leadership uh, was humility. Sure. Um, I don't know that I was trying to know everything. I think at some point in my career, I probably thought I did know everything. You know, <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I was all that. You know, You're the cat's meow. Yeah, and uh, and I and I had I I had the track record to prove that that was probably close to true, um, but it really isn't. I mean, there's really tons of things, and and even uh, and I, I think the biggest one of the biggest mistakes I made was um, believing that knowledge equaled relationship or wisdom or you know you can have a lot of facts and still miss the most important things in life (laughs) and that's certainly a huge part of my story and so for me the willingness I love that you said that because the willingness to uh, to listen to other people not to figure out how you're going to convince them that you're right but really to listen to see if they have something that will improve your your viewpoint or your life or your opinion on something uh, to be open, uh, I'm open now to, you know, somebody that's uh, 
been at Kimmery for a month and they're working on the shop floor and they stop me when I'm walking through and they say, hey, I'm, you know, I've been watching this and I think that, man, I love that because they have a viewpoint I will never have. You know, it's been 30 plus years. It's been longer than that. It's probably been 40 years since I've you know been on the shop floor as, as, a, as a worker. And so they're seeing things that I'm not seeing. And that's going to be true with every single person that's in my life um, as a leader I believe that everybody that I'm going to come in contact with has something that I can incorporate into my leadership, that I can incorporate into my life. But that's only going to happen if I'm paying attention to them and if I'm listening to them, if I'm open to that. If I strut around here thinking, I know everything, you all just need to do what I tell you to do, I can have my way. That's the problem with leadership is we can get our way. And often that's not really what we want. And it doesn't end up being good for us. And more importantly, it doesn't end up being good for our people. And so... I, I love that you have that attitude, and I love that, that you have that idea. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I as well. Uh, I have to tell our listeners that um, if you aren't involved in the why or don't know anything about the why, you should you should get involved. And even if it's just to participate in the programs that they have that help people who don't have as many opportunities as, as some of us do, I mean... It, it's a perfect example of what I believe should be true about our communities is the community should be helping the people in the community. These are relational issues, not state or federal issues. And, and these problem, the problems we have in, in our society uh, are not going to be solved by programs. They're going to be solved by people That's and right. relationship. And the Y is one of the places where people can find other people to be in relationship with and to support them and encourage them and all the things we've been talking about. And it's also a fantastic model for, for how we could be in our own organization. So, Mike, again, thank you so much for being with us today, and I hope you have a great year this year. Hopefully we'll have a better year than last year, right? Yes, sir. No, <laughs> Thomas, thank you. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure and an honor. This has been Word from the Herd. We are really appreciative that you decided to spend some time with us today, and we hope you'll come back next week and listen again. Thank you for joining us today on Word from the Herd, a production of the Kimmel Foundation. For more information about the Kimmel Foundation, visit us at thekimmelfoundation.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at thekimmelfdn. Please share this podcast and join us again next week for another Word from the Herd.